Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Anne Steve Talk Stuff. I, I am Anne Blake and I am talking to Stephen Kinsler about stuff. How are you, Stephen? I am grand, Anne. I am grand. I, I have my red t-shirt on, uh, which says, uh, I don't know if you can see it because uh, I'm a short man and this is a, this is a uh, tall uh, 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 computer, but it says starving artist on it. Uh, so, um, and yours says uh, Gao. So um, obviously we swap roles. Yes, uh, yes, uh, yeah, just for today. <laughs> in the, just for today, which is which is good. And I'm, I'm really excited because this is a non-COVID podcast. I thought we could title this one "Nothing to Do with COVID." As Nothing to do with COVID. As a nod to Ziggy Zag. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, I am. I am glad you got the memo and the red T-shirt. So obviously, anyone listening to this, this means nothing to you. But uh, you can watch this on YouTube, apparently. And uh, we are both wearing red T-shirts with the messages that um, Stephen spoke about. But yeah, we made a decision last week to not talk about COVID, and I think it's a fine idea, and maybe yeah. it, it could be a good idea from here on out yeah. um, to to talk about something else. Because let's face it. No one's talking about anything else. So, nope. Nope. so tell us, Stephen, for anyone who wasn't listening last week, what is it you want to enlighten us all with today? Okay, so uh, the reason that I have a bookcase behind me is not to seem smart. It's because this is the only place the desk can go that actually has a Wi-Fi connection, right? Now, it just so happens that these are all behind me are a load of books that I happen to love, but they're they're not particularly organized in any way because I'm in my spare room. Mm-hmm. So I just turned around and randomly picked this book, which is called Spacesuit. Okay, yeah. and and uh, uh, I've been one of the things that I've been doing personally to kind of cope with the anxiety and the stress of the crisis is I've been going back and reading old books. I'm finding it very difficult to. Um, uh, concentrate on long-form long reading. Uh, like I read Hilary Mantel's uh, latest book, The Mirror and the Light. Uh, um, and it's, it's, a, it's a fairly big book, but it's not massive. And it's the kind of book that it take me like two days to read. And it took me like two weeks to read. You know, so I sorry. said... I'm sorry, yeah. a book would take you two days to read? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just I takes... Only, I think only a children's book would take me two days to read. I don't think I've ever read a book in two days in my entire life. Well, it, it's, <laughs> You know, uh, it's 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 my thing. It's my hobby. So I, I, I uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of always just try to give some time on the weekend to to, to reading if I can. And, uh, Two days. Reading, reading oh. nice and stuff. So it's good. And I, I love books, and I love I love the the physicality of books, but I also love the I love books about things that are not economics as well. So I try really hard to read stuff that's not. You know, I try to read. You know, uh, uh, anything nonfiction, lots of poetry, very few novels, actually, but uh, bunches of stuff about the history of weird objects. I really big fan of that uh, kind of thing. Like I've got a great book here about uh, Isaac Newton. Uh, So very few people know that Isaac Newton uh, at the end of his life was actually a central banker. He was the uh, he was the master of the Royal Mint uh, for the last 20, 25 years of his life. And he many of the things that he did, he actually invented the civil service in many respects. So people were minting coins in mm-hmm. a particular way. And he would like, he, he realized that there was just loads of corruption and uh, lots and lots of just really bad workmanship. So he invented presses that would make uh, gold coins better. And this is in the 16, 1690s. 
uh, yeah. in the early 17th century and uh, early early 16th centuries. Yeah, and he was, um, yeah. So, and, and anyway, he, he engaged in like a, a detective thing with this, uh, this other guy uh, who was a counterfeiter. And so you had the yeah. world's smartest man like dressing up, you know, and like yeah. going around and you know, doing this detective stuff and eventually got the guy hung. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, what? you got the guy hung. Yeah, okay. his name was, was Shalonor. Why? What? He got him hung. How is that? A... Because he was a counterfeiter. He was. He was. He was. What he was doing was he was taking uh, gold coins and silver yeah. coins and clipping them, right. right? And then and then mashing them up into his own coin and then, right. you know, selling that on and stuff. And so he was. He was a really, really sneaky, crafty, inventive, creative bloke. And Newton was like, "I'm going to get this guy," and he did. And he got him hung. Fair, got fair him hung. So yeah. It's yeah. like he, he got him, you know, a, a slap on the wrist or something. But yeah, no, no, no. no. Newton, <laughs> Newton, Newton was a hardcore dude. But anyway, I got all these books. Um, I we just just decided randomly to in 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 like anything but COVID to talk about this book. Yeah. So this book, uh, if, I don't know if you can see the whole thing. It's called uh, Spacesuit, and it's a design history of um, the Apollo spacesuit. The the th this this beautiful you know object that we were all aware of like you know with the shiny gold face and all this and it turns out very, anyway very iconic yeah it's really iconic but this is a book it was published in 2011 by a geezer called nicholas de Moncho, who's a professor of architecture at the uh, university of california berkeley and uh it very much uh, uh it, what it tries to do is three things it tries to uncover the actual history of the design of this iconic object it tries to place it in the history of technological advancement. And then it, it, it sort of tries to understand the cultural significance of this thing, right? And so the novel or the narrative, if you like, starts in the uh, uh, late 19th century when people go in, up in balloons and try to get up into space. And the first thing they realize when they go up into space is it's not exactly the most hospitable of environments, you know? I was muted. Sorry there. Could no you hear me at all, Kian? No. Okay, you might have been talking to yourself there for a little while, Steve. Am I talking to myself there for the whole time? No, it not the first time. I'm like, I gotta be honest with you. I, I pretty much spend most of the day yapping away to myself. So I'm not joking, actually. In any way, I, have, I really do. I this is the joy of, of of Zoom, like where we can mute ourselves and each other. So apologies. Um, no. It, yeah. Sorry. What I just realized was you were saying that people had um, tried to get into outer space in the 19th century by yeah. using balloons. I, I did yeah. not know that. Mm, yeah, yeah. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a brilliant, uh, there's a brilliant story um, about, oh, there's a, there's a brilliant story about the history of rain. Uh, a, okay. a, a Frenchman, a Frenchman. I, I, I forget the exact details, but I, what I'll do is I'll come back and I'll tell you the history of rain. Uh, at the, at the, in the next podcast when I actually have the details of it. It's okay. absolutely fascinating. It turns out French well-to-do gentlemen during the scientific revolution were nuts. Like they were nuts. They were like snorting mercury and going up in balloons. Like it was mad stuff. Absolutely mad stuff. The history of science is the history of mad fellas doing mad things. Um, oh. And yeah, so, so anyway, the balloons. They go up into they go up as high as the balloon will literally get you, which is actually quite high. And they start, you know, like they, they first off they're freezing. Yeah. Uh, they come down, their 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 skin is destroyed. They're they're bleeding. Some people die actually from it. 
okay. they realize that the big problem is, is, is obviously lack of oxygen, oxygen but the higher up you go, uh, the, the, there's just no pressure. Right, so the problem is the problem that you have to solve to get into space is you need to keep the pressure, the oxygen pressure and, and the atmospheric pressure about the same as you have down on the ground. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem, right? And then the people people realize that it's the same problem that you have going underwater. So it's like, okay, right, so how do we get underwater, right? Well, we we put a guy in a bell jar or in, in one of these kind of you know the, the kind of famous submariner. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Big, like, okay, big... right. Yeah. So we just need to do that, but in space. So that's the genesis of the spacesuit concept. Right. And then the other kind of major theme before we get into the into the 20th century is armor. So this, it's this very male idea that what we're going to do is we're going to slap on a pile of metal to protect us, right? So it's it's like okay, we the scientific problem is pressure, yeah. and the design solution is armor. So just keep those two things in mind, and but but moving completely out of that we have to move to fashion right so the generation after the first world war and especially after the second world war of mass market women's fashion and the, the leader here is christian jor so jor uh, uh, he does maybe three things the first is uh he he institutes a cultural revolution whereby women have mass market fashion right and it's a, it was called an inky revolution so it was all about the press and, 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 and changing women's images. So the average woman who, who could look as stylish as the people that she saw in the magazines, right? So that idea. And then it was also a management revolution because they had to be able to get all these uh, objects and, and put them together somewhere in a factory. So yeah, globalization, right? And it, it really helped that there was, the, the, essentially we're still in the era of colonies, so you're able to get lots of lots of gear really cheaply because you're not really paying people properly um, in other places. And then the third thing is the girdle, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a great word to say, girdle. Girdle. It sounds like you're making it up, you know? Yes. Girdle, you know, uh, Swedish chef style. But um, so the girdle basically forces a woman's shape into a particular hourglass format, right? Oh, oh but I know. And... <laughs> Have you ever heard of Spanx? <laughs> <laughs> the modern girdle. <laughs> modern girdle. <laughs> oh, it yeah. lives on. It lives right, on. yeah. So, um, so, so the idea is, it is about shape. Mm. Right? So now, go back to the idea of armour. So armour is outside the body. Yeah. The girdle is shaping the body, but it yeah. has all the characteristics of armour. In that it's it's uh, it's got they were, the the initial ones were made of bone, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, they were made a, a particular kind of bone actually, um, and sometimes they're called uh, um, herringbone. Is it herringbone? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so but there's that there's this idea that okay, you can use a shape, and you mm -hmm. can you can you can you can enforce a structure on a on a, a human body. Which structure? The Dior structure, which is where you get that hourglass thing and all of that all that stuff comes from this design history so basically yes. you've got people in paris making up ideas about how these shapes should appear the mm. shapes are appearing in magazines women are going to shops saying please can i have this and the shops are then demanding the gear off the or who are then supplying yeah. Yeah. right so this is the perfect structure and then um you, you got to skip forward about 20 years 
yeah. right, uh, to the Korean War. So new president takes over in America, um, and then there's 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 the the Dior thing was called the New Look, right? Okay. A new Look, and then there was a also New Look defensive planning. So the defensive planning problem was for the United States, we've got a big issue. The big issue is the Russians. They're going up into space. Uh, we need to go up into space and we need to, to, to do this using uh, nuclear missile systems. Okay. So ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missile systems. And uh, so they're like, okay, well, how are, how are we going to do this? And the, uh, and the answer was, we're going to pull everyone together and we're going to produce these giant rockets that are going to shoot up into space. Um, and, and it is true that NASA, the National Aeronautical Space Administration, uh, basically for almost its entire history used repurposed nuclear missile systems. So really? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the joke was that people in space, in, in, in the people in the capsule, uh, it's, it was called man in a can on an ICBM. Right. And the men thing will come in, will become important as well. The only rocket, by the way, that was actually purpose built for um, shooting up into space was the Saturn V, which is the, which is still, I think, the largest rocket ever constructed. So anyway, uh, we're, the, the, the Korean War happens and then Yuri Gagarin is the first lad to go into space. Right? Yes. Anyone interested in space and spaceflight, Yuri Gagarin, this lad was the closest thing we have to a human superman he was absolutely extraordinary in every respect and when you look at what this lad went through to go to space yeah he 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 defines the hardcore what kind of stuff because i mean we're never going to see a movie about that because he wasn't american so so here's here's one thing, right? So so they didn't know how to land. They didn't know how to land his 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 his, his ship. Yeah. There, was no, there was no landing equipment or anything. So when the when the, the thing actually fell out of orbit, right? The ship fell out of yeah, orbit, yeah. and he ejected as the thing was crash landing, right? So he didn't have a ship to land, and he just got out. And when he when he kind of uh, uh, went when he kind of went uh, to the ground. Uh, they, they they knew that he was going to be in serious trouble because he looked like an American airman. So about five minutes before they were going to, um, about five minutes before they were going to, um, where's it gone now? Five minutes before they were going to uh, shoot him off into space, someone painted CCCP onto his helmet. So right. when they landed, he wouldn't get shot. Like people thinking, Jesus, this is an American airman because it was right. he was he, he was in the kind of the, the, he was in the kind of silver suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone should wear, um, which which brings me back to the first kind of silver suit thing, right? So uh, yeah, this suit here, this this suit here. I hope you can see it. It's kind of silver and shiny, and it's sort of. I can tell to the listeners, it's a silver and shiny suit. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of this sort of like gorgeous kind of uh, uh, it looks very spacey, right? Yeah. It turns out that um, it turns out that 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 suit was actually just a, just a flight suit, okay, sprayed with silver paint, yeah. right? Which is utterly useless because when you actually go into space, the sun's rays bounce off the silver and blind everyone else, <laughs> right? So it's pure marketing nonsense, right? And um, what I what I thought was really fascinating was 
when they started doing the tests on the this the, the concept of design metaphor was armor yeah. we had to armor ourselves they realized that the these guys couldn't move right so there was no motion in these suits because they're they're designed for sitting on a horse yeah like, yeah yeah of in a linear fashion it ha like 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 jousting is that right it's a linear plane you're mashing off some lad and um, and this is not that you have to be very flexible because you've got to get into the craft right you've got to stay in the craft you have to not die then you have to get out of the craft wander around maybe in space maybe on the moon wherever and then get back into the craft and get back and all of that without dying right yeah that's the thing so john f kennedy said we're going to send a man to the moon and bring him back unharmed right so the key mm -hmm. thing is you can always shoot a lad into space you need to bring him back and not be dead this is the key thing and the pressure suit is, is what's required so they basically go through multiple iterations of this like fancy spacesuit. And some of them are just incredible, incredible. So this is a guy called Gene Cernan. So I'm showing you a picture of a guy who looks absolutely knackered. Right? He looks very tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he, so he, uh, he goes up, he goes up, uh, he and he does a spacewalk. Okay, and so the outer outer surface of his suit is white actually, but he yeah. has this uh, stainless steel and metal legs and arms. And he had to he had to grip uh, everything so tight to make this work that all of his fingernails fell off, right? So this guy, like he 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 lost. He was incredibly tough. Like all these people that go into space, they're incredibly tough. Oh, I found the picture. So this this, this is Yuri Gagarin when when he first goes into space, right? And yeah. He, and you can see he's got these things painted on his uh, on his helmet, literally five minutes before they went into space. <laughs> so yeah so Gagarin goes in space scares the shit out of everyone the the, the Yanks go oh my god we have to sort this out Kennedy uh, John F Kennedy who was himself a very sickly man like all the pictures you remember of him he's walking purposefully but he actually wore yeah. crutches uh, a lot of the time and he yeah, had, hey. yeah he was very sick he was he was a really sick guy yeah yeah so all the images that you have of Kennedy of like you know the, the kind of Vera a guy running around the place riding Marilyn Monroe all that kind of thing like that's um that's all image that's all constructed he he, wow. he spent most of his life on crutches actually um yes. and he was yeah he yeah exactly yeah he was pronounced dead yeah I'm beginning to think, sorry, because I studied 20th century history and last week we realized we missed the Spanish mm. influenza. And yep. now somehow I yep. did not know that JFK spent most of his life on crutches. Yep. I've never yep. even heard of that. And it's, I've seen JFK. It's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. Um, he, he very carefully um, curated the fact that he, he, he was quite a sick man. Um, he used to change his shirt like five times a day. He got Novocaine injected into himself uh, uh, three times a week. Um, yeah, he was quite a sickly man. I'm trying That's to find a picture of here. Yeah, and um, so yeah, he was he was uh, so he he was very responsive to this idea. Okay, well, we need to armor the the, the person. But, but he says, right, Garen happened. You got to go into space, lads, into space now. Yeah. Go. He tasks Lyndon Johnson, who was then his vice president, and would succeed yeah. him after his um, assassination as That's president. Lyndon Johnson, an, an incredible, incredible uh, 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 man. Incredible in the sense that if you described him to other people, that you wouldn't believe how much of a bollocks this lad actually was. Like he Lyndon was, Johnson. Yeah, unbelievable lad. There's a brilliant set of books, which we could talk about later. They're down here somewhere, called by Robert Caro, C-A-R-O. Probably the yeah. greatest political biographer of all time. And um, it's all about Lyndon Johnson. And after reading these things, you're like, this guy is just, like he was a horrible human being, utterly horrible, yeah. but he did some amazing things. 
anyway. Oh, just a quick question. Yeah. Um, I, I, by the way, I'm thinking we should change the title of this podcast to Steve's Bookcase. <laughs> but um, what, any idea what, um, what, what the condition was that JFK had? I know it's not. He, not he, had, a, he had a number of them, actually. He had a number of them. So um, one, of the thing, one of the things that he had suffered from his whole life, let me just find out, actually, because I, 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 uh, I was just reading the, rereading the book and it's just going under my mind. Because uh, like, I wanted stuff come up when he was pronounced sad or was there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stuff. He, was, he, was, he was quite ill for most of his life. Uh, especially as a, a kid, um, and uh, yeah, it, it was kind of a it was kind of a big deal. Um, so he had something called autoimmune polyendocrine syndrome type two. Um, wow. So he had adrenal failure in the forties. Um, so he was basically a, an autoimmune um, okay. issue. He was he had hypothyroidism. Um, he had back problems. He had uh, Cushion syndrome. He was on steroids. He had pernicious anemia. Um, yeah, he, he, one of the reasons he looks so brown all the time is he had, had something called Addisonism, which gives you kind of a very brown, uh, uh, uh picture. Um, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was, he, he, he had lots and lots of, uh, lots of issues. It, it is the first six months of his presidency, Kennedy's ph physicians, um, administered cortisone, Lomatil, uh, phenobarbital, testosterone for, for Maryland, presumably, um, uh, transitine and, 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 and amphetamines you know? so yeah so he was on a good mixture as they say yeah he had scarlet fever, fever diphtheria and whooping cough as a kid yeah um, he, was, he was one of these people he just he, he was a, quite a sickly person and uh, yeah he, um, he was quite a sickly person and he um, yeah you said that he then he was speaking to Lyndon Johnson right who's a bollocks so agree? Lyndon Johnson Utter bollocks, but it did, did amazing things. Like he brought in civil rights, uh, mm. and uh, like he did amazing things. But he also prolonged the Vietnam War and lied to the American pop, uh, uh, people about it. Um, but anyway, uh, the um, I knocked you off topic. Uh, my neighbor has decided to start knocking, but that's okay. Well, I just uh, a word to people as well. Uh, in case you can't see me, I am trying a trick I've heard about in the, from radio people that if you sit in your car, you get a better sound i am yet to be happy with my sound on this podcast so i'm trying to filter out passing cars and so apologies if you hear that that's what's going on and if you're already hammering that's uh steven's neighbor but it's the world we live in so where we live in and uh, so you were saying right jfk so, spoke to the bollocks jfk spoke to the bollocks and he said we need to go to space right now not to, like now so three weeks after gagarin ejects out of out of his thing he he, he flies around the, the world for the first time uh three weeks afterwards congress the u.s congress passes a resolution that says we are going to space mm -hmm. and uh, that's how nasa and these kind of organizations really get their massive funding yeah. and the first thing they do is we need yuri gagarin's we need superman right so they put them through all these tests yeah now it turns out now they're they're basically pressure tests, right? So you know you know those famous ones, they're swinging a lot around the you know all that. It turns out that women are far better at passing these pressure tests than men. Way better. They pass. They passed more of them more often. Statistically speaking, uh, there should really be only women astronauts in terms of their physical ability to withstand the pressures of that. So immediately, okay. immediately. 
the lads say, we need to change the test. <laughs> we need to change the test. We can't have women going into space. This is crazy. Even though, even though like ergonomically speaking, because they're, 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 they're shorter, more compact and stronger actually in their yeah. course, they're actually able to take it, uh, take the, the, the pressure better. Um, they say, no, 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 we're going to change this. On the women who passed the test, they made them into test pilots. Right. Uh, another amazing story is female, fe- uh, female aviation, uh, female aviation, and, and where it goes yeah. in, 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 in history. It basically goes in, in a totally different way uh, to male aviation, and, and, and it's it's really unfair actually because you you should. There, there's an argument that the first people on the moon should have been women. Actually, you know, basically on the statistics of the tests. So, right. uh, yes, yeah. very, very interesting. So they made a new testing system, and uh, yeah. sure enough, uh, male testing pilots made this new system. Okay, um, it's so, very interesting. It, t- yeah. it reminds me of, sorry, uh, I think episode one you talked about the world, like buildings and temperature and everything being made for like a Caucasian man specifically. And so that, that's just it's, a, it's an interesting uh, throwback to. Uh, our callback to that episode. Exactly. Um, What you will find is that design decisions are always made with an average person in mind. And Mm -hmm. that average person is typically a white male. Um, That's also true for scientific tests, by the way. Large drug studies are typically done on white people, mostly white men, you know, and university students, typically rich or middle-class white people, you know, so there's a a gendered and uh, racial element to a lot of the, the stuff that we take as normal. Yes, and, and class, or and uh, yeah, and it's a big deal. But so, yeah, so they they realize okay, we gotta. So their design constraint is we gotta shoot somebody into space. They have to sit on top of a giant missile, which is which is designed to deliver bombs, right? Yeah, and they have to be incredibly tough people, super fit, right? Yeah, uh, ex- subject experts and smart enough to be able to do very very um, repetitive tasks, and they have to be incredibly brave. Right, uh, uh, they also can't be women. Because women aren't any of those things. Except they are, right? So, so, so it's, I, feel, I feel like there's an unwritten, or maybe I don't know about it, history of, of, of what happened here. But so Demonshow then says, right, so we've got our men astronauts. Now we have another design constraint, which is we need to stick a kind of a, we need to stick a, a spaceship on the top of or in the middle of this bomb thing. And that means, we, it has to be as small as possible and as light as possible. So the suits we put these people into have to be both small and light and crucially for our story, mobile, right? So the armor suits, the shiny kind of, you know, lovely looking armor, uh, Flash Gordon suits, yeah. they don't work. They don't work. First off, they don't, they don't equalize the pressure well enough. And second off, the, uh, the, the astronaut can't move. Right? Yeah, you've no mobility. But they can't move. They no mobility because they're all they're they're they they can't. They're like Batman in the the yeah. original Batman suit. Like he literally couldn't turn his head. It's that yeah. that's the problem, right? So uh, NASA uh, basically uh, realized that we need some flexibility, and they went to a, a company called Playtex. Now Playtex <laughs> made bras, right? But yes. they also crucially made girdles which brings us back to the Dior stuff. So they were yeah. able to say, look, we can shape this thing. We can keep this under pressure. So we can keep a woman's midriff under pressure, right? Yeah. That means if we just reverse that, we can keep pressure out. And that's yeah. what they did. Wow. Right? 
that's what they did. So they made the first, the first kind of proper spacesuit was a hybrid. It was armor everywhere except the joints where people needed to move. Right? Yeah. And that's the one where your man's um, fingernails came off. Wow. So, so they get better, right? <laughs> they get better. And Playtex, Playtex the, 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 the US government is like, again, you know, we couldn't possibly have our space knights, you know, our armor clad, you know, supermen going into space wearing basically giant brass. So yeah. what are we gonna do? We're gonna have Playtex make it, but we're not gonna tell the world that we're doing that. They're gonna be a subcontractor to an, an engineering organization, right? No worries. Problem was the engineering organization were like all dudes who said, oh no, 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 we couldn't possibly do it this way, your way, right? So what, what, the, what the Playtex guys did was they went, we're gonna take women's bodies and we're going to fashion uh, uh, material around their bodies, right? We're gonna fashion material around their body. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, sorry, there's a chat happening. I've muted myself. There's a chat happening in a car. Uh, they're, they're gone. They're gone. Okay. I just now, now this could be another another podcast, right? So we could just be Android like Schneider record conversations. Uh, yeah. Talk about your book, Jeff. On all the levels. So um, anyway, the, 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 we have this problem, which is, I mean, it's, it's kind of a beautiful problem. So we have these engineers, lads, these um, people who find for individual, or not individual, but average women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so one is like, this is how it should be. And the other people are like, this is how it is. Yeah. And the, there's a there's the empirical the empirical is 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 always below the theoretical until it something needs to be done in reality in which case the empirical comes up right so for example yeah. okay um so just a quick explanation there was a bit of a glitch the main reason was i've had to change location because my car got very hot and my iphone overheated and stopped tethering my laptop. I think you could totally define this as first world problems beyond the beyonds. So Stephen, <laughs> before you were so rudely interrupted by the overheating of my phone and dropping a link in connection, um, you were talking about how the suits were, were being designed to keep the pressure out and they didn't yeah. want people to know because you know, trail is like Jews. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there's a big row in the um, there's a big row between the company that is subcontracting uh, Playtex to build the actual suit and the company itself. And it's a really interesting row because it's a row between engineers who think that they know everything and the people who actually design the stuff for the real world. So it's the difference between an architect and a carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, there's that kind of thing of the people who, who can draw something and the people who can, you know, actually physically work with it. Uh, now, the, the problem is still you need to stick someone into space and that person needs to be equally pressurized and they need to be mobile and to be able to move. Of so course. What they do is they make a suit that's essentially 21 brass, right? So it's made of a specific kind of uh, nylon. Yeah, 21 individual layers, hand sewn by uh, women f using Singer sewing machines. 
like old school singer song sheets and the, the, the layers wrap individually one into the other right and wow. uh, the 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 drawings for example so the, the difference between the theoretical and the empirical the drawings were only uh, the drawings of like how to build the suit were only done after the fact like literally after this suit was made they took okay. one of the suits apart and then where they were like oh this is how it's done they figured it out kind of empirically they didn't know how to build the suit until they'd actually built the suit which oh my god incredible right again uh, the whole thing made by hand uh, uh, by, by, by women whose contribution has never been uh, uh, understood, but it had to be done to 164th of an inch to make it um, uh, perfect. So uh, wow. the thing is built and uh, uh, then, uh, then they, they had to figure out how to size it, right? So this is a bra company. So all they want to do, right, is like small, medium, large, right? But the, the Nats are like, no, 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 it has to be individual for every single person. They're like, no, it doesn't really matter. The, the guys are all the same kind of size. Small, medium, large, that, that's grand. Yeah. Right. And then th th that worked out great until it came down to uh, the cod piece, right? So, oh. so at, a at a certain point, you have to enclose uh, um, the, uh, the, 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 the male member. Uh, the bits. And you all the bits, and you also you also have to have to catheterize them, right? Because they have, have to have a wee. They can't do it in the suit. Oh, right? yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. small, medium, large is this is the overall spacesuit. But for the cod pieces, they had large, extra large, and extra extra large. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I just love. I just think it's a fantastic detail. You're going to shoot a man into space, and he's like, yeah, but. Can't size that a small mate, no. And I think that's fair. I don't know. I'm kind of sympathetic. <laughs> well, look, I mean, you you do have to mind people's uh, sizing. Like I'll say, as as a as a as as a gal, like yeah, sizing. When you go into one shop and a certain size fits you, and you go into another one, it doesn't. Um, it can have a very detrimental effect. So I I mean, I get I get it as a not man. I but I do get it. Yeah. Yeah, but I just love it. It's that. very, but it's very funny. I just think it's great. I just think it's just one of those things. Like, there's so many other things going on. You're like, no, 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 can't possibly. Be. Sorry. So yeah, um, the the uh, the, so the, what they do is they build the suit, and then they demonstrate that their suit is better than the suit of armor by having the guys in the spacesuit do like he, he they make they make him play football. They make him do you know like he can touch his toes. So they yeah. just demonstrate that their suit is clearly better, and then they win the contract. And then they shoot them into space, right? And the guys that go on, that they go to land on the moon in that beautiful iconic shot, you know, one small step for man. They're wearing, you know, 21 bras with, a, uh, with an oxygen pack and this kind of cool helmet on top. So you would imagine that the world has now realized Playtex is the bomb.com at making these things. Happy days, we should, we should just, you know, continue doing it like this. Au contraire. The, the older engineering company yeah. that, like tried to stop the development actually came back in. They're like, no, no, we can make a better suit of armor. And so what they do is they take all this stuff and they make these beautiful, like they're like the, the pictures are stunning, really stunning of these, um, these kinds of, uh, so that's their, that's their original concept. So what you can see is you can see that the spacesuit here and like an actual suit of medieval armor. You can see the similarities really, really clearly, right? So it's pretty much a picture of medieval armor and a spacesuit, and they look, it's just the, 
they're missing a spear really yeah it's, i mean it's, it's kind of uncanny actually when you when you see it but what yeah. they do what they do is that the, the then the company start building you know these other um these other uh what's, what's called the aes suit so i hope you can see this so it it, mm. it it looks way more armored so this is after apollo okay okay so they're like no no so they're kind of trying to bury the history of how it actually happened right and they start uh, coming up with these kind of cool concepts that look a lot like cars now you know so they're kind of okay. what you look at this kind of a metal bubbly kind of thing it's quite beautiful in that, in that a touch of the michelin man as well there's, kind of there's a bang in the michelin man about it <laughs> actually so that all came about because that the michelin man thing the kind of the the, the, the bubbliness mm -hmm. came about because one of the engineers was actually looking at a caterpillar um and went oh my god the caterpillar is clearly e able to equalize pressure and just mm. used, used it that way. Um, so like the design theory of this uh, comes in. So they, what they're trying to do the whole time with this, right? They're trying to use the spacesuit to make science fiction real, right? Okay. So, so they've got all these pictures of like cyborgs on the moon and all this from science fiction. And they, they're like, well, we'll just do that. Just do that, you know, and try to figure it out. So they're trying to take ideas from science fiction, which lads just made up. And make isn't, isn't that true? in a way of like the iPhone got oh, and yeah. all the our technology got influenced by Star yeah, Trek and, and touch screens and all that absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. You know, you got your you've got your communicator, you know, and, <laughs> and all this. You know, I can't wait till we're like get get the one from the next generation. The button, yeah. <laughs> hey Siri, you know, whatever. <laughs> beat me up. I can't beat me up, Steve. Just beat me up, okay. Fine, you're beamed up whatever and so it was ultimately like oh well we didn't think of it but it's too girly so like we'll just change it and like it'll be more blocky kind of thing exactly and then they <laughs> bury it right they bury this kind of the the, the 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 it becomes the engineering uh story which is like we we were big systems thinkers and we engineered this big solution right that's yeah. the story that gets promulgated a bit like jfk being this like you know well you know able-bodied guy it's just mm. a story it's made up for people right um the 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 reality of it is that it was actually designed by a company that had kind of nothing to do with space but had the exact technology that was required and yeah. crucially a skilled workforce able to actually assemble it right? yeah yeah um so it was it was and they had to do it all with no pins no fasteners nothing right because anything that breaks the seal Kills the space. So, kills the space. So how how did it how did it how was it sewn together? You did say it was sewn together, but how was it sewn together? It was literally hand sewn with with Singer sewing machines. Right. You know, it was like there's a there's a great picture. I'll see if I can find it of, of, of the women who assembled it, the the suits, and they're they're really, you know, they're they're kind of skilled people again whose sort of history has been expunged in some sense. But yeah, mm. um, but the, it, it, it's a really, really cool, um, it's a cool design story, I think. Ah, uh, yes. So here, hopefully you can see, these are the women making the spacesuit. Right. Various spacesuits. So it's just, it's just literally like the, the people who were making the brass, and they're assembling the spacesuit. My God. Yeah. And, and a woman of color as well. Oh, yeah. 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 And they're just assembling, the, uh, uh, assembling away. Yeah. And you see, uh, here's another one. See her there. She's just digging away, doing that. Yeah. 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 There's just lots of pictures of women. Um, just obviously for anyone listening to the podcast, these are pictures of women, like some of these gigantic pieces of material and, mm -hmm. um, you know, making history and making people 
safe to do yeah. crazy things like go to the moon. So yeah. you don't think they were just sewing them together to fake the moon landing then, no? No, no, no. I can't believe that everyone went to all that effort. Like, no. If it was faked, then it would totally have been armor. It would have been spears and yeah, 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 gear. Exactly. Exactly. And also, like, the effort to, you know, yeah, I, I just, I, I, the reason I love this book, the reason I love this book is that it, it's got the design, like, how they actually iterated through it. It's got mm. the politics and the cultural stuff, but it's also got the, the, the science, the actual the yeah. science of why this all came together. It's a very hard book to write, but a beautiful book to read. You know? And just remi remind us again, I know we can put it in the show notes and that, but it's called... It's called Space, Space Suit, Fashioning Space Suit. Apollo. Fashioning Apollo. Apollo. Now, this might be a really obvious question, Stephen. Uh, but, okay. I mean, where, uh, why? Why bury it? Why not embrace this technology? Why not embrace this knowledge? Why not... Um, why not just go, yep, hands up, this is what works, and we got this kind of material and these women to make it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, um, I, I, I think like the, 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 the story of how Playtex got involved and how they ended up being the ones to actually make it um, is, is just a fascinating story in and of its own right because you always end up in a situation where in a very large enterprise, the contributions of many just get ignored because they have to. Yeah. It's too hard to, to figure that out. And it was also like like with the with the idea of female astronauts and male astronauts, it was also an era in which there was an idea about what should happen, which is that we need an American Gagarin. You yeah. know, and we, we you know it's all about showing strength, and you don't show strength by shooting a guy into space in a bra, you know. Mm -hmm. Like but yet they made it their first because they shot a guy into space in a bra. Yeah. You know what but, I mean? and, and you realize it's all just about a concept and, and yeah, like the most logical thing probably would have been to put a woman in a giant bra and they'd have got to space quicker and that, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's all about perception and yeah. crappy standards that are just put on people and society. Yeah. yeah it's kind of crap. I mean, I think there is a, there is a really interesting, um, uh, a comparison of Neil Armstrong and Yuri Gagarin. Both of them were absolutely exceptional. Like they were exceptional people. Um, and most astronauts are exceptional people. And most would-be astronauts are exceptional people. They're very yeah. much, um, you know, they're, they're having this kind of peak human experience. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things I'm just, I'm always really interested in how things happen and how we end up in these yeah. certain places. And a lot of them are just kind of arbitrary choices, you know? Yeah. Like um, we're, we're right now, um, uh, the, the, today, the, the, the cabinet is going to decide to cancel the leaving cert. Right? Yeah. And like, and, and people are, are anxious and they're upset and, um, and they don't really know what's going to happen next. But uh, one thing that is true is that the leaving cert is, is, is an arbitrary set of subjects and an arbitrary set of concepts and an arbitrary mm -hmm. uh, working out of how those, you know, that this filtering mechanism that we call an examination. Like there's loads and loads of other ways to do it. And um, the fact that this one is being disrupted in that way is really, really interesting and really, um, it, 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 it's uncertain and it's scary for the students, but it shows 
just how arbitrary these systems are. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And we just, we just did it. We just do it this year because we did it the same last year and it's basically been the same for a hundred years. And like, yeah, it's you know, like you, t I remember you talked a number of episodes on a, a stock photo, you know, yeah. like a stock photo of a, a nuclear family and it just keeps <laughs> getting perpetuated because yeah. someone searches for a stock photo and then it gets put in a publication and then exactly. it went searching. Yeah. And it, um, but I think it's interesting as well with this story you're sharing today, uh, about how things work and, and that um, like it's the stories we don't tell that seem to tell us a lot more about ourselves as a society. Yeah. So the invisible, uh, the invisible innovators in all that who got written out of history, mm -hmm. it tells us a lot about the history we want to tell and the picture we, we want to project yes. as a society at a given time, you know, where it's all about extra large cod pieces and, um, not knowing about bras yeah. being the technology and certainly not putting a woman in space. You, you, when, when I suppose people get quest say, Oh, what I remember saying two years ago, Oh, the pay gap doesn't exist or that, you know, all these incremental little things are what makes it much tougher for society to be equal. As you said as well, not, not just gender wise, but racially and, and economically as well. Yeah. And, yeah it's important as a society that we see those um, little infrastructures and, and pieces, you know, because that helps us question how things are put together and who is benefiting by these structures. There's a, a, a woman called Margaret Hamilton and she, uh, she was the person who developed software for Apollo. And what's been really interesting is her contribution to the Apollo mission uh, is one of the most celebrated parts of that uh, 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 issue. Um, so she, she's, she's, she's been a very, very, very um, uh, interesting person, precisely, but she's still alive. She was born in the 30s. Um, so mm -hmm. She must be in her what, 90s now. But she's, she's uh, still alive. And she, what's interesting about her is, um, what's interesting about her is that unlike many of the other uh, people, her contribution was recognized very early on um, because uh, she kind of went into academia. Okay. After the NASA thing. So, so, so she was very much like, you know, I programmed the space shuttle. It landed big success, you know? And I think that, that people were very much, uh, very, very happy to, to have her um, uh, uh, lionized like that. So it's not, a, it's not linear. But it's definitely it's definitely the case that this the history of these objects is our history because it's every if you say spacesuit you think about the Apollo suit right yeah you know and every time you look at these things you they 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 they, they speak a certain way to you right they're, yeah. they're 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 silver you know but the silver doesn't work so they become yeah. but there's no reason for them to be white like they could be green they could be orange. Right, yeah. there's no reason for them to be white. They're just white because they're not silver. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's yep. that, those are the kinds of things that I love. I, I love just learning about those things. Um, yeah. they're, they're, it, it never, it never ceases to amaze me how little I know about things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I just think that's. I, I think it's great to know about that kind of stuff. And that's why. Yeah. It's good. Mm. Absolutely, and that's why we like to talk stuff. So, um, I think, um, I think we're, we're going to leave it there. Sorry for my, um, 
literal meltdown in the middle of the podcast. You had a meltdown. You did. You had a meltdown, you big weeper. You had a big meltdown. That's right. I did. I had to to throw my iPhone into the freezer. (laughs) I hope your iPhone's okay. Do they recover from that? Is that? Oh, it's fine. It's working again. Yeah. Yeah. It's grand. Um, yes, no, I've I've seen techies in theatres put um, Max on on big blocks of ice and things like that. Oh. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, just to cool it down. Um, but yeah, well, obviously dry and, and like towels and stuff so that they're not <laughs> melting away into pools of water. Um, but yeah, listen, fantastic, fascinating. We're going to continue with our Nothing to Do About COVID, uh, our Nothing to Do with COVID series, I think, next week. Um, and we, we'll, we'll, you'll just have to tune in if you want to hear that. I'll talk more stuff about that. So until next week, Stephen. Take care. I'll see you. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Kean Reinhardt, theme tune composed and performed by David Blake. Follow Stephen Kinsler on Twitter at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne Blake at AnneBlake78. She is an Anne with no E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post. If you have any questions, you can get to any of these Twitter accounts or follow the hashtag AnneSteveTalk. Talk.